We done prayed. And I know God's hands is on you. So give a big hand for Donna as she comes. That's the biggest compliment I could ever get. And good morning, everybody. And thank you for giving me another opportunity to serve. And yes, I am nervous, but I see that as a good thing. It means I care about what I'm doing. And this poem is dedicated to not only all the mothers, but all the women. Because I don't think we give them enough credit for everything they do, because most of the time they sit back and let everybody else take charge. But Sometimes they're the strength behind everything. After God. So this poem is called, You Are Appreciated. And you know, when I really start to think of Mother's Day, so many thoughts and emotions go through my mind. Like precious memories of all the special times at home that like a movie, I wish I could stop and rewind. And though I couldn't see it then, I sure can see it now. Everything I took for granted and underestimated. But all that's to say to all the mothers in my life, understand that you are appreciated. And when I think of Mother's Day, I think of our African culture, where elder women are addressed auntie, sometimes mama, because respect should always be the name of the game. It keeps the peace and puts an end to all that drama. <laughs> but even though these days, it's not done nearly enough because being respectful, sometimes it's just so berated. And for all those old school mothers who accepted nothing less, understand that you will always be appreciated. And when I think of Mother's Day, I think of all those who had a hand in raising me, encouraging me, and supporting me. And for all those many women who helped me to find my way by pushing me to be all that I could be. No, they didn't give birth to me, and some didn't even share the same blood. Simply put, I'm just saying, we're not related. <laughs> but because of all the love that was shown to that shy little girl, they will always and forever be appreciated. And when I think of Mother's Day, I think of long hours of labor that sometimes ends at death's door and spending all of your days and giving everything you have so that your children can have the chance to achieve more. Your selflessness is inspired. Your devotion is fierce. Your love is continually escalated. And for all that you do, you do it with faith and with joy. For this and much more, you are appreciated. When I think of Mother's Day, I think of all those women always happy to step back and put themselves last. 
so that loved ones and family can always shine bright. And as for her, that's when her joy is surpassed. For all those women who pray without ceasing, for loved ones whose hope is abated, just know that your tears and sorrow are never in vain, and you are very much appreciated. When I think of Mother's Day, I think of my own mom, and I know that I could never fill her shoes. You see, she weathered so many storms and dealt with everything that came, including hunger, sickness, poverty, even abuse. And even though she struggled, she held firmly to her peace and to her joy, she refused to be separated. <laughs> and because of the shining example that she left for me, my memory of the God in her is forever appreciated. When I think of Mother's Day, I think of my other sisters who joyfully serve with no ulterior motives. And even when someone hurts them, they simply try to work it out. But regardless of the outcome, they continue to give. Human on the outside, godly on the inside. They spread the love for which they were created. They stand firm in the knowledge that his will will be done. And for all your efforts, you are appreciated. And when I think of Mother's Day, my mind takes me back to all those on whose shoulders we now stand. See, their God-given strength and unending faith kept them in a cruel and selfish, uncaring land. And just like your love for your children imitates God's love for you, nothing can come between or separate it. I just felt the need to write and tell all of my sisters how very much you are appreciated. And when I think of Mother's Day and all that it stands for, my heart overflows with pure love. As I look out at all the faces of our mothers, our sisters, our friends, and remember those in their forever home up above. Now, I've grown up hearing phrases like, women are second-class citizens. Obviously, whoever said it was uneducated. <laughs> And so for all of my superwomen, and yes, I mean all of you, this celebration means you'll always be appreciated. Thank you. I say amen. <laughs> I guess that's what you do when somebody see a poem. Man, thank you, my sister. Before the choir come back, I want to introduce the speaker for the day is Sister uh, Shirley Harris. I, I've already told you, I've been blessed by her ministry for years as me and Roncel are good friends. And I've ministered over there. And in the midst of ministering at his church, she would be the one leading the worship. She would be the one setting the atmosphere as I got ready to get up, and I would just be blessed by her, by the anointing on her, by the spirit of her. And I said to myself, I got to hear her speak one day. 
guess what? The day is the day. Amen. God laid it on my heart. I already know. I already know. Because I know that the same anointing that's on him is on her. So get ready for your blessing. Raise your right hand. Say, Lord, touch. Touch her even now. Lord, touch all of us even now. In the mighty name of Jesus, I receive it. Now give God some praise.
let's worship the Lord. If you invite the king to come in this morning, come on, worship the Lord. Let's lift our hands in the reverence to God. He's worthy. He's worthy. Is he worthy in your life today? Hallelujah. We give God praise today. He's welcome. Come on, let's welcome the king of kings, the Lord of lords, the great I am, the an awesome God this morning. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah to Pastor Ventus, the great angel of this house. God bless you, First Lady. Uh, thank you for your invitation. We are just glad to be with family this morning. Amen. Amen. To my husband, Reverend Dr. Ronsil Harris, God bless you. To all of God's children, we just bid you in the name, the only name that matters, and that is of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 I am so excited to be in the house this morning. Amen. Happy Mother's Day to all of our mothers, our surrogate mothers, our aunties, our play aunties, our cousins. Amen. We love you all. Thank you for standing in the gap. Amen. Amen. If you don't mind, uh, turn in your word to Joshua 2. Joshua 2 to this awesome music ministry. God bless you. We love you. Thank you for setting the atmosphere. Amen. Joshua 2. Joshua 2. We'll be starting at the first verse. Coming from the American Standard Version. Joshua 2. And because we are blessed, we have it on the screen this morning. Amen. Amen. Joshua 2, starting at the first verse. In it, you'll find these words. Then Joshua, the son of Nun, sent two men as spies secretly from Shittim, saying, Go, view the land, especially Jericho. So they went and came into the house of a harlot whose name was Rahab and lodged there. It was told the king of Jericho, saying, Behold, men from the sons of Israel have come here tonight to search out the land. And the king of Jericho sent word to Rahab, saying, 
Bring out the men who have come to you, who have entered your house, for they have come to search out all the land. But the woman had taken the two men and hidden them, and she said, yes, the men came to me, but I did not know where they were from. It came about when it was time to shut the gate at dark that the men went out. I do not know where the men went. Pursue them quickly, for you will overtake them. But she had brought them up to the roof and hidden them in the stalks of flax, which she had laid in order on the roof. So the men pursued them on the road to the Jordan to the fords. And as soon as those who were pursuing them had gone out, they shut the gate. Now before they lay down, she came up to them on the roof and said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land and that the terror of you has fallen on us and that all the inhabitants of the land have melted away before you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan to Sion and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. When we heard it, our hearts melted and no courage remained in any man any longer because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and earth beneath. You may be seated. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading, hearing, and doing of his word. For a little while, I'd like to preach from the topic, favor. Favor. Pray with us, if you will. Eternal God, our Father, we ask that you do it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We serve this morning an omnipotent God with whom absolutely nothing is impossible. God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we can ask or think. And I don't know about you, but I just get excited to know that God is bigger than our problems. He's bigger than our fears. God is bigger than any mountain I can or cannot see. He's bigger than all my doubts, bigger than my questions, bigger than anything that we can conceive. Our God is more than a talking and declaring God. Our God is a doing God. Isn't it wonderful? to know that there is no impossible circumstance too far gone that God cannot change. There is no problem too big that God cannot solve. There is no sickness that God cannot heal. There is no prayer that God cannot answer. There is no sinner too lost in their sin that God cannot save. There is no backslider too far from God that God cannot restore. There is no marriage that God cannot put back together. What a mighty God we serve. We serve a God that is great, that he is so great he doesn't need to use superheroes to accomplish his purpose, but he can and he does use ordinary people. 
God uses ordinary people in extraordinary ways for his glory. If you read and study your Bible, you will quickly discover that God chooses and uses the most unlikely suspects to bring about his purpose. God doesn't call the qualified, but he qualifies the call. Many of us are sitting here today and we can attest to the fact that when you look at your credentials, when you look at your resume, when you look at your past, when you look at your record, you are amazed that God uses a messed up, jacked up, used up, beat up sinner like you and like me. Have you ever felt that God couldn't use you to serve him because of just how ordinary you are? Because of just how behind the scenes you are? Because of how uneducated you are? Because of how poor you are? Because of how filthy you are? Because of how mean you are? Because of how turned up you are? Because of how drunk you are? Or just because of how wild you are? The truth of the matter is, I've discovered, is that God uses ordinary people. For example, none of Jesus' 12 disciples brought credentials into their roles. Most of them came from modest backgrounds with little distinction and diverse collection with run-of-the-mill talents. None of them had a theological degree. None of them fit the mold of rising religious star, and none of them were perfect. Yet they became the chosen vehicles to carry the timeless message of Jesus. God chooses ordinary people. You see, Jacob was a liar, ordinary. Joseph was sold and abused, ordinary. Moses had a stuttering problem, ordinary. Gideon was fearful, ordinary. Jeremiah and Timothy were too young, ordinary. David had an affair and was a murderer, ordinary. Elijah was suicidal, ordinary. Isaiah preached naked, ordinary. Jonah ran from God, ordinary. Peter was impulsive and denied Jesus, ordinary. Saul was a murderer, ordinary. The disciples fell asleep while praying, ordinary. Martha worried too much, ordinary. The Samaritan woman was destroyed at least four times, divorced at least four times, ordinary. Zacchaeus was too small, ordinary. Timothy had an ulcer, ordinary. Leah was ugly, ordinary. And Lazarus was dead, ordinary. Did you hear what I said? God uses ordinary people. Our text today teaches us of an unlikely woman an ordinary woman by the name of Rahab. Rahab the harlot, that is. She was a Canaanite woman who lived in the city of Jericho. Her house was built on the outer wall that surrounded the city for protection. From her window overlooking the wall, she would be able to see the travelers who would come to her city before they even entered the gate. 
Rahab could not have asked for a better place to live than right there on the outer wall of her city because she was easily accessible and would be the first to see all who entered. She was what some would call a street walker, a strumpet, a call girl, a floozy, a lady of the night, a fallen woman. She was a prostitute. Rahab was an outcast. When men had traveled from great distances to her wall city, all she would have to do to let them in to know that she was available was put on her eyelashes, get her lace front wig together, snap on her press-on nails, add a little lipstick and rouge to her face, lean out her window and call down to them. Rahab knew that this lifestyle wasn't right, yet she chose to live her life her way, play and play by her own rules. She was a citizen of a wicked city that was under God's condemnation. She was a part of a corrupt, depraved, pagan culture right here in Cincinnati. I'm so sorry. I mean, Jericho, wrong audience, I apologize. Jericho. She had not benefited from the godly leadership of Moses or Joshua, but God saw beyond her sinful lifestyle. His unseen hand was drawn to her faith, and the doors of amazing grace propelled her into her purpose and launched her into her destiny. Rahab and the entire city of Jericho were fearful because they'd heard the track record of the God of Israel who had been fighting for his people. She heard from the many men she met that the Israelites were to be feared. She heard the stories of their escape from Egypt. She heard about them crossing over the Red Sea on dry land. She heard about the wanderings in the wilderness. And she heard about their recent victory over the Amorites. She learned enough to reach the correct saving conclusion that God is not only God in heaven above, but he is God on earth below. So she was favored by God. Now, I know some of us are sitting there thinking, wait a minute, you mean to tell me that this streetwalker, this harlot, this floozy, this manipulator, this liar, this filthy, low-down, sinning woman was favored by God? I mean, surely we can't be reading the same Bible because it says that she was a harlot. Day after day, she did what she did and was probably good at doing it because The people of the city were used to seeing men going in and out of her house, yet you tell me that she was favored by God? Yes, she was favored by God. All of us are ex-offenders. All of us have fallen and come short of God's glory. All of us, like sheep, have gone astray. In the words of Robert Smith, yet God has canceled out the penalty of yesterday and declared us innocent today so that we might live with him in a tomorrow that will never have a concluding benediction. Whatever our past may have been, it does not need to be erased because it speaks of the glory of our redemption. So then, preacher, the question becomes... 
since we are all former something, since we are all ex-offenders, how can we, how can I still be favored by God? Well, the first thing you've got to do is you have to be convinced that God is God. You see, it's right here in the text that Rahab tells two of the spies that she heard about all of the stories. She heard about all of the victories. She heard about all of the healings. She heard about this Red Sea experience. And Rahab was convinced that the victory was the Lord's. So she decided that this day she wanted to be on the Lord's side. Rahab didn't have to see it for herself. She didn't have to experience it for herself. She was convinced all off of what she heard. Well, we've come to church Sunday after Sunday, and we listen to the preacher. We pray and we sing unto the Lord. We shout, we jump, we scream, we holler, we dance. And Monday morning, we still wake up defeated and unsure of the God that we serve. I can't help but to wonder this morning, what have you heard? Have you heard that God is a heart fixer and a mind regulator? Have you heard that God is our provider, our shield, and our protector? Have you heard that God is our peacemaker? He is our refuge and our strength. Have you heard that God is our shield and our buckler? Tell me, New Mission, what have you heard? Have you heard that God is our way maker? He is our heavy load sharer and our deliverer. Have you heard that he is the alpha and the omega? Have you heard that he is the lion of Judah? Have you heard that he is the bright and the morning star? I just need to know what have you heard? Have you heard that he is a mighty king and a matchless ruler? Have you heard that he gives sight to the blind? Have you heard that he is from everlasting to everlasting? Tell me this morning, what have you heard? Have you heard that he is the rock of Gibraltar? That he is the prince of peace? That he is a wonderful counselor? That he is the almighty? That he is our everlasting father? I just need to know what have you heard? Have you heard that he is El Shaddai, Lord God Almighty, El Elyon, the Most High God, Adonai, Lord Master? Have you heard that he is Yahweh, Lord Jehovah? Tell me, what have you heard? Have you heard that he is Jehovah Nisi, the Lord, my banner? That he is Jehovah Ra, the Lord, my shepherd? That he is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that heals? That he is Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is there? That he is Jehovah Sikhanu, the Lord, our righteousness? All I need to know is, what have you heard? And I don't know about you this morning, but because of what I heard, I am convinced that the God we serve is the true and living God. And I want to be on the Lord's side. Are you convinced about what you have heard? 
secondly, if you want to have the favor of God on your life, not only do you have to be get convinced that God is God, but you have to be converted or changed by God. Scholars believe that Rahab was one of the first recorded Gentile converts. To be converted means that she was changed. She was transformed, renewed in her mind. Even though she was a woman who had dwelt amongst an unclean people, a wicked society, God picked her to be an unlikely candidate for the kingdom. You see, the spies thought that they were going there for only one assignment, but God, somebody say, but God. God had another plan. And is that anybody's testimony this morning? That you went to be a blessing to somebody and you winded up being blessed. You went to pray for your sister and you got healed. You went to church with your friend and you got saved. Grandma used to say it like this, that I went to a meeting one night and my heart wasn't right. Oh, but something got a hold of me. And it's all because God had another plan. Aren't you glad that our ways are not his ways and that our thoughts are not his thoughts and that our plans are not his plans? Come here, Matthew. Matthew will tell you that I was a tax collector. I was minding my own business. Not many people liked me, but God called me to be his disciple. Come here, John. John will tell you, I was a fisherman and I had it going on, but God was gracious and made me fishers of men. Come here, Moses. Moses will tell you that I was a, stu a stu stu stutterer and I was fine with keeping my mouth closed, but God said, I want you to lead my people to the promised land. Come here, Abraham. Abraham will tell you I was good with being the man to both Hagar and Sarah. It's because, you see, I wanted to have some children, so I tried to man manufacture my blessing and not let it manifest. But God told me your thinking is too small. Just trust me, and I will make you a father of many nations. Come here, Shirley. Shirley will tell you that I was okay with supporting from the pews. I was okay with waving my hands. I was okay with giving God the glory and worshiping for the congregation. I was okay with going to my job making $8 an hour. I was okay with driving a car with mixed match seats and tires with no rims. I was okay with not being noticed. But God said it's time to move you from the back of the line to the front of the line. Come here, Jesus. Jesus will tell you, I was doing my father's will. I was serving the unlikely people. I was teaching in the synagogues. I was praying on the streets. I was loving my enemies. But then God, my father said, I need you to go down unto 40 and two generations to save and convert those raggedy people all across the land. So I died and rose and became the savior of the world. Where is Walter Hawkins at when you need him? A change, a wonderful change has come over me. 
Aren't you glad that God changed you? You're not what you want to be. You're not what you need to be. You're not the same, but thank God you're not what you used to be. Hallelujah. He changed your way of walking. He changed your way of talking. He changed your way of living. He changed your mind. He changed your attitude. He changed your perspective. He changed your life. Tell somebody a wonderful change has come over me. Hallelujah. Finally, if you want to be favored by God, not only do you have to be convinced by God, not only do you have to be converted or changed by God, but you must be committed to God. Commitment to a true faith in God may necessitate setting priorities that are contrary to those of the world. For the Bible teaches us in Romans 12 and 2, be not conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Rahab's faith was genuine, so she committed herself to God by siding with the true God, even at the risk of her very own life. She heard about the power of God. She believed in the power of God. She witnessed the power of God. And so now she acted on the power of God. And I just want to throw in here parenthetically that it is time out for all of the lukewarm, fence-walking, schizophrenic faith Christian. Either you do or you don't. Either you are or you're not. A committed life means God is first. Your relationship with him is on point and you are a Christian every day walking as Christ would have you to walk. You give your personal desires up. You pray without ceasing. Pray when you're happy. You pray when you're sad. You pray when things are right. You pray when things are wrong. You study God's word. You apply his truth. You stand up for righteousness. Even if you stand alone, just know that God is with you. My sisters and brothers, God is faithful. And he uses inexplicable grace to favor ordinary people. Favor that makes other people scratch their head and wonder, how is it that you got no money, but you have a brand new car? You have a home that is paid off. Favor. You have a job that you know you're not qualified for. Favor. You have a child that finished school with bad grades. Favor. You made it out of the fire. Favor. You survived the attack. Favor. You have a bill that wasn't paid and nothing is cut off. Favor. You didn't lose your mind. Favor. You raise your kids, your friends' kids, your cousins' kids, and even babies' kids. Favor. You were saved by the cell phone in your pocket that blocked the bullet. Favor. You lost your keys but avoided the accident. Favor. You were fired but you were left an inheritance. Favor. 
everything around you is falling down, but you are still standing. Favor for the tumor that wasn't cancerous. Favor for your provision. Favor for your purpose. Favor for your destiny. Favor for waking you up this morning. Favor for turning your morning into dancing. Favor for keeping your haters at bay. Favor for preparing a table before you in the presence of your enemy. Favor for anointing your head with oil. Favor for keeping his promises. Favor for giving you peace in the middle of your storm. Favor for turning things around late in the midnight hour. Favor for working everything out for your good. Favor, somebody say favor. Tell your neighbor, slide over some, cause I gotta praise and I can't. Favor ain't fair, but I, I'm glad I got it. Touch yourself and say, I'm glad I got it. Say, this shout is for favor. Every time you see me waving my hands, it's for favor. When you see me running, it's for favor. If you see me doing my dance, it's for favor. These tears that I cry are for favor. When you see me shouting, it's cause I got favor. If you see me jumping for joy, it's cause I got favor. When you see me praising God all by myself, it's because I got favor. If you want to be favored by God, you have to be, get, be convinced that God is God. You have to be changed by God. And you must be committed to God. God bless you. Somebody need to say favor. Somebody need to shout favor. The reason why some of us don't get blessed because we won't open up our mouth and say favor. If you want the favor of God, say, God, favor me now. Lord, touch me now. Say, I want what she's talking about. Give God some praise in the house. If you was blessed, give God Hallelujah.